Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Coming to you from the Coast View studio right here in coastal Mississippi, beautiful coastal Mississippi. You know, I've uh, really, really had a string of amazing guests on this show, and I want to thank you for listening to 103.1 FM uh, at Super Talk Gulf Coast. And then, of course, we've got a lot of people who pay attention to this show at uh, Super Talk uh, TV, at C Spire TV, or at YouTube, or at uh, at the uh, Super Talk Gulf Coast web, uh, Facebook page, or People are engaging with the show on your favorite podcast, but we, uh, we're we so thankful that you're joining us uh, every day and that you're sharing the show with your friends. The numbers are incredible. We really appreciate you being engaged. I think people want a dose of positive news, and when we get involved in an issue from time to time, like recently, pretty locked on to the flood insurance changes coming for coastal Mississippi, we're going to get serious and have a serious conversation. But for the most part, it's about really celebrating coastal Mississippi. I want to bring my, my partner in crime, uh, Kyle Curley, into the conversation, the producer of Coast View. And first of all, I'll just say good morning. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, sir? Good, good. I'm doing great. Hey, look, okay. If you look back over the past week, there have been a string of incredible guests. And one, I mean, one obviously that you and I really enjoy is Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. He wrote the book on on uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So when the news came out that Sean was retiring, Jeff, uh, obviously we had Jeff on the show and we had we did a special edition last Thursday and reflected about that. And, uh, you know, if we've got someone that we want to spend time with regarding that subject, Jeff is the right guy for the job, isn't he, man? He really is. And I can, you know, I almost kind of felt sorry for him with the amount of work that they were going through when they knew something was going to happen and the amount of preparation they put in over the weekend. And, you know, when you know something's coming down, but you don't know exactly when or, you know, how true it is, it kind of goes back to what he was saying the week before where all of the rumors were out. And he was, he basically said when it's, when you get a, a tweet or something from like Adam Schefter, then you know it's for real. And yeah. when I was scrolling through Twitter and Facebook and all the socials before that press conference, before it was announced there was a press conference, I saw a tweet from Adam Schefter that said, Sean Payton's out. <laughs> and I just laughed and I'm like, well, there it is. <laughs> Jeff Jeff called it. <laughs> yeah, with Jeff, what was cool about the conversation, actually it's been an ongoing conversation with Jeff. He and I worked together at NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And we saw what's happening with digital media today on social media and all these kind of, um, you know, bait and click sites, you know, where they just kind of make up news and try to create rumors. And you got all these fan sites now. Uh, it's it's a mess. And you have to go back to your your, your ESPNs and your Fox Sports and, and to some extent, some of the major, major, major metros. But uh, you, you just can't pay attention to some of these others. In this case, the rumors at the time that they were out there weren't real. They were just a lot of speculation about going to Dallas and all of that. But it sure did feed into the announcement, didn't it? It sure did. And, you know, it's going to start all over again with another team and another quarterback. You, I, I saw it this morning. Um, 
there's the rumor about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> his offensive yeah. coordinator got hired at Denver last week. So could Aaron Rodgers go to the Broncos? We'll see. We shall see. Um, had a great conversation with Thomas Jennon, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. He's a restaurateur, but, you know, they created the Blonde Tiger. He, he sorted the brains behind Marina Cantina in Gulfport and soon to be open in Ocean Springs. But, boy, when you talk to someone like that, you, you heard at the beginning of the conversation these qualities that are necessary to be a restaurant entrepreneur, like focus and dogged determination and vision and work ethic. Good Lord, restaurateurs have to have a work ethic. But John, but Thomas really demonstrated all those things, didn't he? He really did. I liked his approach on how he doesn't want to micromanage any one of his properties. And he just, you know, you get some alligator tail and you let the cooks decide what's going on and say, yeah, that'll work. Let's do it. And I think that approach really just breeds success, really. It does. You know, we had that conversation around, you know, mechanically assigning to your people or giving them the freedom by delegating to them and letting them have ownership in the ultimate uh, goal, which is to satisfy their customers. It was a great conversation. Then we had Nina Parikh, excuse me, who is the head of the film office for the state and uh, Mike Cheney, we talked about the flood insurance issue. If that's not on your radar screen, go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page and watch that conversation. It's really important. If you have flood insurance now, rate hikes are coming. We better, we, we're praying for a reprieve. We're hoping that with all the noise in Washington, we can get their attention. We've got to be focused on that. And and you know what? I really enjoyed the conversation with Chip Pickering, the former congressman. He's, uh, as you as you heard, Kyle, he's head of uh, CEO of, a, of an organization, an association called Encompass, and they represent Microsoft and Google and Facebook and Netflix and all these major tech companies and content companies. And they're really worried about antitrust legislation that could impact their ability to be competitive with, especially China. And there are these issues in social media, of course, that we're all worried about, which has to do with bias and all this other stuff. But he he wanted us to understand that's a separate issue. And don't be mad about social media and then come over here on the antitrust side and and block uh, American companies' ability to be technologically competitive. But, um, you know, he's from Mississippi. Here's a guy from Miss from Laurel, Mississippi, who is playing on really an international stage. That was a pretty dynamic conversation, wasn't it? It really was. It was kind of, uh, for me, in the technology side, it was an interesting conversation to really sit back and listen to and really learn from it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot there. And as we pointed out, I mean, you think about the iPhone came around just in 2007 and think of the the massive change that has been brought about by putting this content device in everyone's hand. And now everyone's a reporter, really, literally, especially with social media. And uh, and then, you know, so we're really in the infancy of this. So as you think about robotics and artificial intelligence and all the all the things that he talked about, what's happening with infrastructure. I mean, we've only just begun this journey, and it's incredibly important that America continue to keep its edge because China is nipping at our heels. And, and that, again, it's a little scary, but at the same time, um, you know, to think that we have people from Mississippi who are leading conversations like that, man, that's that's pretty incredible. So anyway... You there, buddy? Yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted I, you. You kind of went out there for a second. I I wanted to uh, thank you for 
working with me on this uh, the string of incredible guests and being sort of Johnny on the spot every single morning. You're you're there and you never miss a lick. And I appreciate you doing that. You bet. Not a problem. Okay, so now we're going to shift gears. Uh, my friend Paige Roberts, who's the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber, it's been a, actually, you know, here we are. It's already past the new year and we haven't talked. I know. So let me start with this. Happy New Year, Paige. Happy New Year to you, Ricky. 2022. 2022. And you said you said when we were off the air that it really has started out really busy for you and there's not enough hours in the day. Is that is that true? Oh, that is so true. There's just so much to be done and it's all very exciting and it's all uh, things for which we are very thankful, but but demanding. I mean, we we live in a demanding world because everything is moving so quickly. I'm, uh, you know, I have, for people who have not heard us talk before, we're certainly going to kind of break some of this down because we're going to spend the rest of the show talking to Paige about what's happening in her area of influence. The, the role of chambers, as, as you've heard from the numerous conversations that I have, have really changed over the years. It, it certainly changed during the pandemic. Um, what, one of the things that I think about, it, uh, for, for a matter of fact, as it relates to the pandemic, is, is the role that the chambers have played and sort of being a conduit between all these federal programs and small businesses. And what, what has been incredibly impressive has been, it didn't matter if you were a member or not. You were just, you and, and your brother and across the coast were just focused on getting the right information to the people who were, who were needing it. And uh, the fact that you became that conduit really showed that when the going got tough, when the going gets tough, the chamber has a role to play and you're searching you know, at at the ground level to find what that role can be. And you look back on the past year, that role that I'm just now talking about, it was really important, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Now the first, the past two years, uh, and I've been in this position only two and a half years, so it's basically all I've known. But as you know, from my past work, especially with the American Red Cross before, during, and after Hurricane Katrina, that's just a part of who we are. Um, we are going to do what's right for the greater good, uh, and we're in it, the the rest will follow. And that's if if someone needs help with something, and it's going to um, support commerce and promote growth in order to enhance the quality of life in Jackson County, which is our mission statement verbatim. Then that's what we're going to do. So I think about the conversations that I've had with you, again, over the last couple of years. Um, and I think about Adele Lyons at the Mississippi Coast Chamber and Tish Williams over in Hancock County. All three of you are are significantly impacted by, and I would say it was a big, big part of your development professionally, uh, your involvement in the Katrina aftermath. And, it, and once you've been in that situation, once you've really, really studied and experienced what it means to be resilient, then you can you, your ability to describe that to anyone who, in the pandemic's case, for example, uh, might be might be threatened to have to close their business. And you're, you're you're focused on okay, let's let's this is a disaster for sure. It's affecting small businesses for sure. But let's see what we can do to keep you open. Let's see what programs exist. Let's see what we can do to make you resilient. And and what I'm finding is that every business that has gone through this process, that has sort sort of come out on the other side of the pandemic, 
They're stronger for it, just like the chambers are stronger for it. When we come back, we're going to continue, and I'll get I'll get Paige to sort of react to, to that reality of resiliency. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Paige Roberts, the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber. And, uh, you know, what I was telling Paige before we went to the break is that when you think about chamber leaders across the coast and in recent conversations with Tish Williams, who had just a monumentally important role after Hurricane Katrina in Hancock County and the Dell Lions, who wasn't with the chamber at that time. She was actually with the Knight Foundation that I had the pleasure of being the chairman of the local Knight Foundation board. And she um, she had a, a big role to play. And, and then, of course, she had also worked at Habitat for Humanity along the way. And you just think about all these roles you guys have played. You, in the, your case, you had worked for the Red Cross, as you mentioned, but it, all, all of these experiences have helped you as chamber leaders understand incredibly well in your heart and soul what resiliency really stands for and how to help companies that may be struggling and may not understand that they will get through this if they, if they hang in there. Uh, you, you've been able to really kind of convey that, haven't you? Oh, sure. It is the same type of approach. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that um, from 2006 to 2012, not only the work I was doing for the American Red Cross here after Hurricane Katrina, but they started flying me around the country to high visibility disasters of any kind um, to help there. And that kind of made me a, st- a student of disaster and more importantly, as you mentioned, resilience. So when we look at, in this case, small businesses, it it's only a matter of not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get up. And it is that grit for which Mississippi is known um, nationwide, but also Jackson County, I would argue even more so. As the philosopher Nietzsche so well said, that which does not kill me makes me stronger. And uh, we've had so many opportunities to get stronger. And uh, as a result of that, I mean, I think coast of Mississippi, as I have said so many times, is uh, is is kind of a leg up on other communities because we know what it looks like to bounce back. We know what it means to help each other to to get through tough situations. You guys well, actually had a yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that goes along with a message we recently um, hosted, along with the Jackson County Board of Supervisors and the Jackson County Economic Development Foundation our third annual State of the Economy event. And one of the messages I shared in my part was the extremely critical value of 
working together and that it it creates a synergy here and synergy really does mean that when we come together our whole is greater than the sum of its parts and that doesn't always happen but as you mentioned it's a certain magic that happens down here and we have to use it um, when appropriate and surely uh, the pandemic is appropriate. So uh, we'll talk about how that magic plays out in a community development kind of role here in just a second, because I, I think that's one of the most profound stories coming out of, especially downtown Pascagoula these days mm-hmm. with a new mayor and Chevron and all these others being kind of involved in the price. It's a pretty amazing story. But coming back to sort of the state of the situation in Pascagoula and the event that you guys just co-sponsored, um, what what's uh, what's the mood? What's the mood? And, you know, what's you know, share some of the so, so, sort of the high marks for me. Sure. It, overall, we are celebrating uh, a strong economy over here in the past couple years. Five thousand new jobs. Some of them have been filled, are currently being filled and will be filled in the future. But at the same time, we are also acknowledging that one of our greatest challenges is workforce development, the training system, the delivery system. And while this was an issue even before the pandemic, the pandemic has exacerbated it. And now we're seeing people leave the workforce um, and it's it's causing all kinds of issues at every level. But we are meeting it head on with some initiatives and what we think could be some, some good solutions uh, short term as well as long term. I mean, we listen. This comes up in every single conversation I have with business owners. I don't small and large. It doesn't matter. And you think about the bookends, which I talk about all the time with Chevron and and Ingles, and then of course Stennis, and then hospitality in, in the in the middle. Had you not had sort of a strategic focus, had we, for example, had Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College not been all engaged and integrated into the job training that takes place at various institutions here along the coast. Think about how far behind we would be because, look, coming out of the pandemic, there's studies that have been done around the world that say 40% of the workforce is planning to change jobs or retire. You know, that's one of the big issues you guys are facing that uh, people are, who've been in trades for so, so many years are reaching the opportunity to retire, maybe in some cases early, and they're, and they're choosing to do that. They may go into some other fields or whatever, but it's still a big issue, isn't it? Sure. And in manufacturing, like you mentioned, we know uh, what the downside of um, a weak or non-existent workforce would be there. But quite frankly, I've become quite concerned about the public sector jobs, the police officers, the EMTs, the firefighters, and the nurses. Um, we really have an issue going on where uh, in order to make a community go and thrive, we have got to uh, focus on our workforce. You know, you talk about public sector, and that's a, I mean, really, that's a very, very good point. Again, it's its its affecting literally every sector of our economy, both private and public, but I had Commissioner yeah, Sean. Ricky, I, yeah. I wanted to just interject real quickly yeah. when you were talking about um, people exiting the workforce, specifically retirees. In this country, since the pandemic, Two million females 
have left the workforce. And it's, I'm sure, a lot because of childcare and and issues uh, that they have to deal with at home. That's that's pretty significant. So it's it's a a, a lot of layers of very complex onion of of an issue and a challenge we're dealing with. Yeah, it kind of it makes me think that we need a, a post-Katrina-like effort where we're not leaving a stone unturned and understanding what we need to do. Yes. Uh, one co- comment about the public sector real quick. I had Commissioner Sean Tindall on, and you know, as you know, he's the, the, the head of the Department of Public Safety. And one of his major legislative agenda items is the fact that patrolmen especially um, don't make very high salaries. And, and one of the points that he made was that uh, I, he, he mentioned a retailer. I uh, can't remember which one it was. It's on the tip of my tongue, but where they could make $37,000 a year. And, you know, they would work Monday through Friday and they wouldn't have to worry about someone shooting at them and they wouldn't have to work on weekends and they wouldn't be on call. And um, and then, of course, I think he mentioned that, that highway patrol went around the 39 thousand range don't hold me to those numbers but i do remember the gap being about two thousand dollars and he said we have just got to fix that i mean you think about where we are as a country and you know i think there's some movement in the war in in our country today that suggests that this whole notion of doing away with policemen and what all that junk that we've kind of turned a corner and i think i mentioned to sean it's kind of playing out in new york because you have an african-american mayor now have an african-american head uh, the law enforcement there in the city and that debate that is taking place in this city to move, uh, excuse me, in this country to move away from policemen uh, is playing out in, in New York as we speak. And they're trying to get be tougher on crime. So I think that debate in New York is going to actually help the rest of us. But the fact that that patrolmen have to have classes on how to de-escalate situations because people come into a, a situation angry and with a, a lack of respect for police officers, it's a tough world. It's a really tough world, and we have really got to address this, or it's going to be it's going to be a big challenge for us. But in every sector of the economy, they're dealing with us. Every sector, and we have to be strategic in the way we deal with it. If we're not, um, we're going to find ourselves, especially with organizations like Chevron and and especially Ingalls, who is trying to ramp up. Uh, yes. Where they have such a shortage of of you know professional trades that it could really create some problems for us. So this is something we've got to address, and I know you guys are thinking about it every day. Well, and as you may have noticed, the Secretary of Navy has just visited Ingalls Shipbuilding, and and I'm sure that's part one of the reasons why, because w- workforce here in Little Pascagoula, Mississippi, affects our country's ability to defend itself. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, it was interesting because we could have gone off on a tangent, but when I had former Congressman Chip Pickering on um, in the last day or two, um, it was um, it was kind of scary thinking about China and Taiwan and what they're what they're doing to to you know increase the size of their fleet. Man, America's got a bunch of challenges today, and the role that Ingalls plays in sort of that international stage—it cannot be—it cannot be overstated. It's incredibly important. It's strategically important. When we come back, we we'll have continue. to have the leadership step up, all of us, to meet those challenges. And there is no doubt about that. 
When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Paige Roberts. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Paige Roberts, who is the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber. And you get to drift when you listen to us have this conversation that she's extraordinarily well connected. You know, I think you know, one of the things that, that's very clear in Jackson County especially is Paige's role in helping think about community development, how to create value in the community, how to, how to address some of the strategic opportunities that come as a result of creating uh, or responding to what we call the new economy, which is the fact that people can choose to live, work, and play wherever they want to now. And they, a lot of remote work, there, where there might have been in the, you know, say the past 20 years of moving out into rural areas, now people wanted to come back and, and work, uh, live closer to work. And what you see happening in downtown uh, Pascoola is truly remarkable with the, with the collection of mixed use, the kind of development plans that are happening there, the, the creation of a historic district. I mean, I could go on and on, but we've talked about all those in the past and we'll t- talk somewhat about some of those things now. <clears throat> but one of the things I like about what Paige is doing uh, especially as it relates to the new mayor in Pascagoula and the new mayor in, in Moss Point. Uh, I'm sure she's working with the other mayors as well, too. But she is uh, she's just incredibly engaged with them. And uh, give me a sense of what that looks like, Paige. Sure. Well, in the case of um, Pascagoula, of course, I'm one of many stakeholders who have come together to make uh, revitalization of the downtown a priority, as you mentioned. Uh, but in the city of Moss Point, uh, my team and I are working very closely with Mayor Knight. He has such a great energy and spirit and passion that you just cannot help but go to the wall for him. Um, and, and so right now, uh, my team and I are are helping him with some projects. Uh, One of them in particular I'm most excited about, and that is a podcast that one of my staff members, Jalen Morris, some of our listeners may remember him from his WXXV days. Jalen is a 26 uh, young African-American man, originally from Baton Rouge, now uh, fully embedded here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And Billy Knight uh, is an 82-year-old African American man, mayor of Moss Point. And just having the two of them do a podcast together, which starts next month, I think is exhilarating. One of the things, Ricky, that we have found uh, in our Leadership Jackson County class that just kicked off last week is that almost all 27 of the students stood up to talk when they talked about what they were wanting to get out of the class almost all of them uh, mentioned that um, dealing with the multiple generations was their biggest challenge, that most of their workday 
is spent trying to figure out the the five different generations of employees in the workplace getting along together uh, and benefiting from each other. So that that's an, that's just something that we're dealing with in our worlds. That's exciting to hear about about Jalen and Mayor Knight coming together on a podcast. I, I can't wait to listen to that, and I look forward to having uh, Mayor Knight on soon. To we'll dedicate a whole show to talk about his journey. I mean, and why did he choose at the eight at the ripe age of eighty two with all his heart and passion to give back to the city of Moss Point? What a great story that is! And then then I'll have uh, I'll have him and Jalen both on the show, and we can talk about what their goals for their podcast are and just just kind of get a sense of them. I that that's that's what I want to talk about on Coast Feud. What a what a great opportunity and good for you guys for having the sort of the wisdom to put the two of them together. Together. Thanks. Yeah, that is really awesome. So let's come back to downtown uh, Pasagula for a second. Mm-hmm. You look back at what has happened there just in the past five years. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, as I mentioned before, I've been a part of it for only two and a half years. And and quite frankly, some of the initial seeds uh, were planted in 2011. So it, it certainly has been a full on decade of work. But in the past few years, real, real momentum um, coming up. And, and one of the greatest things, Ricky, is the investment from local people, uh, homegrown people who have spent their lives in Pascagoula, now investing in downtown. And that spirit being so contagious that we now, as you know, have developers from all along the Gulf Coast, from Baton Rouge, uh, people looking from Birmingham. So there's a real energy going on here. And for our flagship city of the county, being the county seat, it's just really important uh, for that city to uh, be to be in its journey to vibrancy the way that it is. So when you talk about, you know, locals um, and how they, I mean, you think about Richard Chenoweth and the work yes. that he's done there over all these years and to make the decision to strategically, and I, I wouldn't say radically change, but really mm-hmm. if you think about where he was with his restaurant and what where he is today, there were some very bold and risky steps that he decided to take, and so far it's been a great payoff for him, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Um, yes, he's one happy man when you run into Richard these days, um, and he has been a trailblazer, as have uh, Shannon Strunk and Ramsey Taylor and Jason Poole. Those may not be names that everybody knows um, right off their tongue associated with Pascagoula, but they all grew up here and they are all investing their money and their talents. Uh, Shannon Strunk has the city center, biggest project in downtown right now, um, 28 condos and a rooftop bar and lounge. And it should be ready um, later in the spring, early summer. So yeah, it's a risk. It's a risk, but they believe in Pascagoula. They believe in uh, our future. And and as I said, it's so contagious that now the 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 groups uh, from Ocean Springs and from Pascagoula and Baton Rouge they they all believe it too. 
Well, what's good about what's happening, and you think about these the developers that are engaged here, some are sort of branching out for the first time and getting involved in mixed use or whatever that whatever their contribution might be. But when you're injecting, if someone is from here, but they've gone around, they've they've had tremendous experience in other areas, they're bringing so much skill set and vision and capability and wisdom about how to make a a revitalized downtown really shine what are the what are the characteristics that we need and ha- and what does it really mean to have a walkable community and and yes. to take advantage of a historic d- district and to you know be the river city what does it really mean to make sure that we're maximizing those opportunities and when you put the sum total of all that creation together i mean it, that's the magic you talk about isn't it oh Yes, indeed it is. It is um, that we have a group of us went to Savannah, Georgia, just to study what all went on there. Uh, we've been working with a team out of Austin, Texas. I mean, we we aren't just coming up with this um, out of thin air. We are studying um, and strategically uh, planning. And and I would say from what I can tell um, from all of my resources and, and research, we are doing it in a, a block by block uh, laser focused on critical mass method. And that is the way to go. And I know that some people get impatient about other parts of the city um, rather than the downtown, but this is is uh, the way to go and to focus on this critical mass and to get the the revenue generated out of there and then go focus um, bit by bit, grid grid section by grid section. Well, I mean, I, I the word that comes to mind is economic engine. What is going to be the economic engine for the city beyond beyond the things the traditional engines that we all know about, like Ingalls and Chevron and these these big entities? The Jackson County Economic Development Foundation is involved in all kinds of stuff to really you know diversify the economy and all that. So ultimately, it comes down to what role can the chamber play? What can what role can all these stakeholders play? What role can the mayor play? in the city council and how can they work together to line around a goal so that you you, you, you there's a vision there there's strategic there's strategic alignment there are specific tactics that we can do to make sure that the economic engine we're creating for downtown Pascagoula is something that's going to drive significant tax revenue for the city like you said that then can be banked and reinvested in other parts of the city I mean it's so smart if you don't do it then you're always going to be in this grind of not being able to fully fix stuff or pave streets or do the things you need to do. And then, of course, you know, you're, there's a lot of focus today on uh, the various plans coming out of Jackson to, to, uh, to be able to renovate and upgrade some of these, you know, critical infrastructures in the city. All these things go together. All these dots connect. You know, as I've said with, with uh, Mayor Holloway on many times, it's it's not sexy, man, but you better be focused on sewage and, and water and all those <laughs> vital characteristics. Anyway, Paige Roberts, when we come back, we'll have the final segment. I want to talk about, just for a second, the traditional chamber work you guys are engaged in. What's okay. what's it like today? You know, how's membership doing? And uh, sure. you know, what are you looking forward to? To this year. We'll see you after this break.
can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coach View. I've really enjoyed this conversation with Paige Roberts, the president and CEO of the Jackson County Chamber. I hope when you listen to this show, you get a sense of that this is not your grandfather's chamber. And, and by the way, your grandfather's chamber played a, an incredibly important role in the community. But what's happened, especially here in coastal Mississippi, with all the challenges we faced along the way, there's been so much learning, so much so many, so many opportunities to understand how do you bring the stakeholders together to develop a strategic vision for a community, and then how do you go tackle that? And how do you set, as, as we were kind of chatting during the break, set egos aside and just focus on the greater good? And we see so many examples of that all along coastal Mississippi, and uh, the work that, that Paige is involved with in Jackson is just another great example of that. Hey, so Paige, let's come back sort of to the traditional chamber role. Because there's a lot of dimensions. There may not even be a traditional chamber role anymore. But um, how's membership doing and, you know, you know the various you know, pr- programs that you have focused on business? Kind of give me a sense of where you think you're going from this point forward. Sure. Well, as we know, traditionally and historically, chambers were set up as a a networking group, um, you know, with the idea of strength in numbers. And that still is the case. However, with technology, uh, people or businesses think that they don't necessarily uh, need that in the same way, the, the networking. And so we have to figure out what do they need and where can we have relevance and value to them? We are finding marketing is a big part of that. These small businesses have the um, the knowledge and the expertise uh, that they need to produce their widget or, or provide their service, but they don't have any idea how to really market or promote it, or they're afraid of it because they're not comfortable with it. So one of the things that we're doing is helping meet that need. As I mentioned earlier in this very show, that one of my employees is a former WXXV reporter, anchor, and producer. So he has great videography skills. We are doing more video production now than I'm sure the history of the chamber because we've got to meet people, all five generations uh, of people um, where they are. And that means working all the harder uh, in the various uh, platforms. So I, I would say that's, that is where we are um, focusing. Membership in revenue or membership in events rather are our two sources of revenue. We just this week rescheduled our trade show yet again. That had been March the 8th, but because that's the very week after Mardi Gras, we worried about um, COVID uptick. Uh, So we've moved it to May. Um, But the trade show, the industrial trade show that the Jackson County Chamber has been doing for decades is still relevant. We just have to be flexible to work around um, the public health issues at the same time. So we haven't talked much about the pandemic. We talked, we looked back at the pandemic and how it changed you guys, but 
the reality is we're still in the pandemic. And, uh, you know, thank goodness, at least as it relates to Omicron, certainly more, four times more contagious, um, not as deadly, but still because of the numbers, there's been a stress on the on the hospital system once again. Hopefully the peak is, is here and, and quickly going to get behind us and we don't have to then deal with another variant. I'm looking forward to life as we, we'll never be back to where we were. There's no doubt about that, but we'll find our new normal and it will be vibrant. And I'm, I'm praying that some, some variant that, that doesn't come along that rivals some of the, some of the more deadly uh, variants that we had to deal with. But uh, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel in your world? Well, I, I've, I always have a light simply because I feel we need to learn how to live with with a pandemic um, and not constantly looking for after the pandemic. Um, you know, one of the challenges like you were talking about nurses that I hadn't even thought of until I talked to Dr. Coleman, the superintendent of Ocean Springs Schools, she said, please help us get the word out about substitutes. Because that you know, if, the, if we want the schools to keep their doors open, the teachers who get sick, yeah, they're not dying. That's great, um, but they're still getting sick and need to be at home. So we need subs. So I focus on what I can do to help rally the community to to be subs, um, and it's that kind of thing. So. Um, we we just have to keep identifying the challenges and being willing to continually think out of the box so that we continue to thrive as a community and accept where each other um, is lacking and fill in those gaps where where needed. It, what what the pandemic does is it once again reveals how lucky we are to have so many incredible leaders in just about every corner. Of, of the world, um, whether it be healthcare and people like Lee Bond or oh, whether yes. it be leaders at, at Ingalls or at Chevron or Jackson County Economic Development Foundation or at the Chamber or at the cities, both public and private. Man, we are really fortunate to have so many good leaders and they all deserve, you know, you're, you're right. Maybe there's not going to be an end. We just have to live to learn. We love to uh, li, li, learn to live with the realities of, of the situation as it relates to the pandemic. But man, we, we, all, everyone deserves to be back up to full employment and moving forward and yes. not having all these challenges to deal with every single day. Anyway, we're out of time, Paige. God bless you, my friend, and we'll talk to you very soon. You too. I enjoyed it, Ricky. Yeah, this has been Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.